0: in a land synonymous with ancient mysteries and timeless wonder. Where the treasures of antiquity reveal glimpses of a glorious past. It is here at the crossroads of biblical history and an extraordinary civilization that one story still captivates the human imagination as perhaps no other ever told. It is the story and the mystery of the Exodus.
1: The Exodus story is very important for a number of reasons. It's a story of liberation from bondage. It's a story of victory over oppressors. It's a story of how one individual can make a tremendous difference.
0: I think it's right at the roots of our ethical system,
1: if not our religious system. The exodus in, in Jewish tradition, it's that which defines a people. God brought them out, made them his own, entered into a covenant relationship with them on Mount Sinai.
0: The exodus story has endured for more than 3,000 years, and the power of its message and imagery is undeniable. Despite the religious and cultural significance of the Old Testament narrative,
1: doubts about its authenticity have long existed. Scholars generally have rejected the historicity of the Exodus account. And this is because of this lack of direct uh, evidence outside the Bible that would substantiate these events.
0: And this is why you have in uh, scholarly circles, great skepticism about whether we can ever establish firmly a route of the exodus or even that there was an exodus. The skepticism of the archeological community has triggered many questions about the biblical narrative. Did Israel's exodus from Egypt actually occur? If it did, then why has so little evidence been unearthed? Were the people and events described in the Biblical account real or nothing more than elaborate fiction? During the next hour, we will travel from the Nile Delta to the depths of the Red Sea to investigate these questions in the light of new evidence and discovery. On this journey, we will explore and test the biblical record. For if there's any historical truth to accounts of the Exodus, then some evidence of Moses and the children of Israel should still exist, even if it lies buried under water and sand. Join us now as we probe ancient mysteries to examine the Exodus story against the testimony of science, history, and archaeology. Then Pharaoh spoke to Joseph, saying, The land of Egypt is before you. Have your father and brothers dwell in the best of the land. Let them dwell in the land of Goshen. Any attempt to weigh the historical validity of the Exodus must begin here, in the Nile Delta, the biblical land of Goshen. For according to the scriptures, this is where Israel first settled in Egypt. Nearly 4,000 years ago, the Hebrew patriarch Joseph, then a prisoner in Egypt, is said to have interpreted Pharaoh's dream foretelling seven years of abundant harvest followed by seven years of devastating famine. After delivering this prophecy, Joseph was commissioned to oversee the harvest and storage of grain throughout the land. And when famine struck, news of Egypt's abundance spread quickly to its neighbors. There is, again, plenty of extra biblical as well as biblical evidence of constant moving back and forth between Palestine and Egypt, particularly in times of uh, uh, famine. When famine ravaged Canaan, fear of starvation led Joseph's father, his 11 brothers and their wives and children, to leave their homeland and make the 200-mile journey southwest into Goshen. And as Egypt prospered under Joseph's leadership, a grateful pharaoh offered his family permanent sanctuary in the richest area of the Empire. The biblical record dates these events at early in the 19th century BC. But have archaeologists ever confirmed that a significant Canaanite population once inhabited northeastern Egypt during this time? Over the past four decades, extensive investigation has established the presence of ancient Israel in the Nile Delta. In 1966 just outside the small town of Kantir, an Austrian research team headed by Dr. Manfred Bietek made the first of a remarkable series of discoveries. Ruins at an excavation site called Tel El Daba are remains of what is now believed to be the earliest Israelite settlement in Egypt. Studies of pottery fragments and construction techniques have verified that primitive mud walls here were once part of an unfortified village built by Canaanite farmers in the middle of the 19th century B.C.
1: Manfred B. Tech's work has provided us with the only uh, tangible evidence for the presence of Israelites in Egypt. The earliest Asiatic occupation at Tel al-Daba is in area F, uh, stratum D2. And this is a very interesting level because uh, the people living there were pastoralists, living a very simple lifestyle. They had very small structures that they lived in, evidence for keeping animals in pens and so on. This dates to the time of Jacob, of Joseph, It's at the right place. It's an Asiatic culture. Obviously, these people were not local Egyptians. They had uh, migrated into this area from the land of Canaan. And so this could very well be evidence for the Israelites in Egypt.
0: While excavating in these cornfields, Manfred Betech's team made another intriguing find. In a plot of land, later identified as Area F, they uncovered the ruins of a village.
1: In this small village there in stratum D2, dating to the time of Joseph, all the remains are Asiatic in nature. The material culture there is Asiatic, nothing is Egyptian.
0: A map of the excavation site confirms its distinctly
1: Israelite origins. And there was one uh, house in particular which was larger than the other houses. And uh, it was laid out in kind of a horseshoe fashion around a central courtyard. And then around this rather large uh, structure were smaller structures. And this perhaps may be the very first uh, house built uh, using this design.
0: Archaeologists immediately recognized that the design of this horseshoe-shaped dwelling was identical to structures built in Israel centuries later. It was a prototype of Hebrew architecture constructed near the time Joseph was believed to have lived in Egypt. And Joseph died, but the children of Israel were fruitful and multiplied, and the land was filled with them. Then there arose a new king over Egypt, who did not know Joseph, and he said, Look, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come, let us deal with them, lest they join our enemies and fight against us. The Scriptures tell us that following Joseph's death, Pharaoh drove the Israelite population into slavery Several archaeological discoveries have also confirmed this aspect of the biblical account. Excavations throughout the Nile Delta have unearthed walls of mud brick resembling those the Bible states were once molded by the hands of Israelite slaves. This practice was vividly illustrated in an 18th dynasty tomb painting depicting foreign slaves making bricks from mud and straw. An inscription on the mural echoes the slave master's dreaded warning. The rod is in my hand, be not idle. Another mural, carved in a tomb wall during the 15th century BC, shows Canaanite slaves working in the vineyards of Goshen. And fragments of the Brooklyn papyrus dating back more than 3,700 years report the transfer of domestic slaves from one Egyptian owner to another. Each slave was listed by name. More than half the names noted were characteristically Hebrew. there is now little doubt that a significant Israelite population lived in Egypt for several hundred years after the time of Joseph. Yet if biblical accounts of the Exodus are historically viable, then there should also be evidence of Israel's arrival in Canaan, the Promised Land, sometime between the 14th and 12th centuries B.C. Such evidence does exist. More than 3,200 years ago, the pharaoh Merneptah ventured out of Egypt on a military campaign through the land of Canaan. Later, in a poem proclaiming his victories, he boasted that Israel is laid waste. This inscription dates from about 1210 B.C and establishes that the Israelites had arrived and settled in Canaan well before Merneptah's conquest at the end of the 13th century. Additionally, at el Amarna in Egypt, archaeologists have uncovered a series of letters on cuneiform tablets. Many were authored by Canaanite rulers early in the 14th century BC.